Three, two, one. How's it going, folks? Welcome back to the Esports Podcast. I'm Chris Kid Liquid Okamura. I'm here back with Cable, uh, Cable Caleb, Cable Finn, and Dylan Pepitas Hornbrook. How's it going, fellas? Hi, Captain. Doing well. Doing well. Awesome. So we're here with episode three. We skipped last week. Uh, all of us got a little bit busy, but uh, we're back on track this week. We, although I think we're going to probably skip out next week, too, with uh, what's going on right now. Uh, with E3 right around the corner, guys, which is the ninth, uh, the night of the ninth. So we got about four or five days left until the big event, sort of the Christmas of eSports or the Christmas of gaming, of the gaming industry. Um, a lot of things announced. So, guys, what's the what's the big thing you're looking forward to? Not not esports wise, just game wise. What's the big thing we're all excited for? Battlefront. I love <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> and so, then, yeah, so, I, I was just gonna say, for me, it's Zelda. I'm still jonesing for any given content I can get for the next Zelda game. Hey, Nintendo just, announced it's not there though, Dylan. I know, I know. It's what I want there. <laughs> what i want there it's not going to be there but it's what i want <laughs> yeah, who knows well, maybe they just pull a surprise you know just how 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 nintendo like would it be that they said that yeah no it's not there and then you just bring it out anyway <laughs> that would be awesome actually that'd be the most nintendo like thing they could possibly do they would blow minds they there would. would be like there would be people hysterically crying like in the <laughs> seats they'd be like oh my god they gave us zelda god bless you reggie well, to to be to be honest, I was in the stage the year that they announced Twilight Princess, uh, when they had like the Wii music thing on the stage, and then all of a sudden they started playing the Zelda theme. Uh, did you they, shed a tear? I did. That was like one of the craziest moments ever. Um, <laughs> I was I was dying, man. That was crazy. Um, but I have to I have to say mine mine is Mass Effect, man. I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. If they announce Mass Effect HD or Mass Effect Four, I will just blow. All my loads all over the place. I want to buy that game so bad. I'll buy that. I'll buy, dude, I, ha I literally have Mass Effect 1 through 3 probably about four times. I bought the originals, the collector's editions, all the the recollection packages they have. I love, wow. that. I love that series. Um, so Mass Effect 4 is a big thing for me. And then I think there's a rumor of an HD collection. So super excited for that. Um, but that's not why people come to this podcast guys e3 predictions uh and sort of future esports there's a lot of games we know are coming let's try and tackle those first um we have battlefront of course so cable go ahead with that we have street fighter uh we have we know probably most likely there's a gears of war uh a halo uh call of duty battleborns maybe a, a maybe uh, or like a maybe kind of esports and Overwatch, of course. A lot of first-person shooters. Where do you see? I mean, what do you see coming out as like sort of on top there as a shooter? And where do they um, fit sort of in the landscape? It's kind of weird. Like, the yeah, each has its own niche, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, Overwatch, I think, is. I mean, it depends on which uh, platform you're looking at too, though. But Overwatch PC, I think, is going to come out as the PC winner there. Um, it's. It's a niche, though. It's a niche FPS. It's uh, role-playing FPS. It's a MOBA FPS kind of thing, right? So I think it'll be different. But it has Blizzard. It has Activision. Anybody who loves anything Blizzard is always going to love the next thing Blizzard comes out with. So it's already got a pre-built fan base in that. I I'm super excited for Overwatch. I think it's very exciting, very promising. It's Smite mixed with um, Team Fortress mixed with 
Jedi Knight, you could even say, right, back in the day for Star Wars. I, I am really excited for it. But uh, my my thing, like you said, and I said before, is Battlefront. Man, I have been dreaming for the next Battlefront. That said, I've done a little bit of research on the game. Uh, I got to do the preview at the Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. They did a special uh, preview that people were waiting four hours to see HD footage in Dolby Atmos 3D surround. It was amazing, and it made you really, it, it, you really felt like you were in the Star Wars universe. The graphics are that good. The way they've set it up is that good. But as far as the gameplay, I've been reading a lot of things, and things like ATATs are on rails, yeah. and the versatility of the characters are not very much so. And half, I don't know, everything that everyone's ever wanted out of the next Battlefront, they are not doing. It's very disappointing, unfortunately. Um, I did get the opportunity to talk with some people there, and my understanding is they're not really targeting esports. That that was the last thing I talked to them about. So I hope that's they've done some more discussion since then, and they will refocus into esports. I think there's a lot of potential. But hey, if all these gameplay things are so limited, maybe people won't care as an esport. Esports people want things to be expandable, flexible. We want, we want depth. I think that's yeah. the most important thing with esports. But uh, adding on to what you said, Cable, I so I mean I know you saw the preview um, at Celebration. I was taken into uh, like a, an, a media room and like a side media room um, and shown a little more footage uh, and sort of shown actual gameplay, like not the trailer, but actual like gameplay guys playing the game. Um, and it did seem very stiff. Uh, even even more so than than what you know what you would think that like it it looks beautiful of course but I mean it just looks a little it looked very staged and it looks like there's not too much going on there um, and I think it's funny that you named Overwatch and Battlefront just because those two titles are so different in the way they're in terms oh, yeah. of like versatility and depth and and competitive sort of mindset um, but I think the industry the FPS industry as a whole in terms of in terms of esports, I think it's shifting more towards that MOBA-esque style stuff, um, and which is why I wanted to touch on Black Ops 3. Black Ops 3 had a big thing where they're going more on uh, you have designated characters and classes that fit uh, roles on a battlefield and roles on a map. Um, and so I think that that's a big a big sort of idea that they're shifting towards towards that more MOBA style. And I mean, Battlefields always had sort of that Everyone has a role. Everyone has a job to do. Yeah, mentality. Absolutely. But um, but I think Call of Duty is really going ahead and taking that to the next step, making it even more MOBA. Uh, where Overwatch has really had that from the get go as their main core core idea. Um, actually, I'm. I gotta say, uh, as much as I think you know, Call of Duty is trying to take its its role playing thing. I think it's losing its identity at the same time. A lot That's of what very people. True. A lot of what people really loved about Call of Duty, and especially the whole series, and I'm saying this as a guy that, you know, 10th prestiged on Modern Warfare 2. Like, I loved that game to absolute death. I did that on and, 4. Yeah. The thing that uh, absolute... Oh, Modern Warfare 4, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I did that on 4. Yeah. So, no, no, I did it on Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right in my head. You're, you're confusing me. Okay. <laughs> In my head, I'm always right, by the way. Okay, so getting back to the, the point is what people really loved about Call of Duty was super realistic body motion. The, the fact of a guy could run, 
but you know, you knew what his body was capable of. He had a run that was a cert a certain speed, a, a relatively low speed for video games, and that you know he wasn't super jumping, he wasn't combat sliding, he wasn't doing any of these things. There was a very certain range of motion that characters could and could not do, and you learned to play around that sort of movement. The and people really liked that the fact that it isn't Halo jumping where you know you have to match your your gun aim to this wild insane arc. You aren't running at super dashy speeds. It it had a different feel and it had a different tempo. And, you know, tempo, I think, is a big thing for game players where, you know, some people mesh with a certain tempo. Some people don't. I can play, you know, the old Call of Duty. I can't play Halo. I just can't match that tempo. But, you know, you, you find your niche in certain places. And I've heard people come out and say, you know, I don't like this added extra motion. Sure, it leads to some crazier antics with your gameplay. And sure, you know, I've, I mainly got this a lot with the most recent Call of Duty people. Like, yeah, I mean, sure, we can do super jumps and we can grapple places. But I'd really just rather, you know, do my little bunny hop jumps and earn getting up to, like, weird, insane places by just doing small jumps. So while they're, you know, trying to maybe add some complexity to it, I'm, I'm a little worried about how far they're going to do it and whether they alienate some of their audience from it. Sure. I, I think that's a very valid point. Um, and I think, I think that sort of gets the idea of movement and how important movement is. I think, honestly, in my opinion, movement's the most important thing for shooters, and it's what sets shooters apart. Um, yeah. And and I know we're kind of getting into something that might not be announced, but Titanfall Two, I played a ton of Titanfall, and I love that game. And to me, that that sort of Titanfall scared Call of Duty and Battlefront or Battlefield. Sorry. Oh, it absolutely like did. that. Like that, the way that game moves was so fluid. It was so much fun to just navigate that space. That game was so crazy fun, and that's what you saw with like with Advanced Warfare and, and you know that stuff where in Hardline where you start to see more extravagant movement options and things like that. Um, but I think Titanfall Two could actually scare some people, um, or or actually craft its own niche into the into the esports space. It, it Titanfall One did to a certain extent, but I think Titanfall Two certainly could just because of the amount of experience that Studio has now. Now, yeah, I, not to not to wreck the Titanfall train that you wanted to start there. Sure. But I have to say, like, I, I'm surprised we're not focusing on, like, the sleeping esports giant that is Halo 5. Like, oh. I mean, this is the Microsoft flagship. Sure. And they, they already created kind of the bones for what their esports tournament's going to look like uh, with the Halo tournament they've ran with ESL this year. Yeah. It's largely flown under the radar. Like, there's. I've been watching it a little bit. It's yeah, really interesting to watch. It is, but now. You know, with five coming in, we've got the new booster setup, sure. which augments movement in very direct ways, so people can really kind of do more interesting things with the with the patented Halo jump. Yeah, they kind of. I think this is interesting. Where Call of Duty saw their movement and said, "Oh, you know what? We need to plus this up by completely changing how we move." I I think Halo took a look at how they move and they're like. Wow, we have, you know, like these really insane movements. What happens if we go the next step? It's like we already have super jumps. What happens if we add super drops, if we add super dashes? And I know a lot of people didn't like, you know, 
stealth or super armor or overcharge or all the powers that came in with like uh, reach and yeah, the armor abilities. Yeah, the armor abilities. So I know people didn't like those, but I think movement is a little bit better than uh, the way those armor abilities came in. I think people are going to enjoy them a little bit more because they are skill based. It's not I have this, so I'm going to use it. It's I can do this now. Is it right for me to do this in this situation? Sure. And with with the history of Halo and kind of the lore, the prestige of Halo, I really kind of like where it is at a space uh, for maybe coming online as the the dominant esports title for console. Uh, I still think you know when I'm looking at it entering the FPS space right now, I still think the predominant game is going to be CS:GO. I don't see anything E3-wise like entering that realm of dominance. But if there's one that's going to, you know, chip away its own piece of the esports pie, I, I really think Halo 5's got a shot. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I know Cable's a big he's a big Halo guy, but I mean, I I put in so the Halo 5 beta came out uh, during with Master Chief Collection, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. around like Christmas time, and I played I played that probably 60 to 70 hours of that um wow i played a lot of that considering that what it was only up for like uh it was up for it was up for a week um and and impressive hey man i had nothing to do i i had just gotten my xbox one i was like what i'll play halo i'm down and so uh yeah i and plus the servers weren't working so a lot of it was me sitting there waiting for the servers to like find me a match so i'm not entirely sure how much of that is 70 hours but it's like it's pretty much mostly menus at this point i'm pretty sure but um yeah that game was solid and uh as a as an alpha beta or multiplayer alpha i guess it was um i thought it was solid and and the only thing that i will say is that the armor or the the booster system that it had um was a little clunky it it takes you out of the experience a little bit just because yes ground pounding someone and like pile driving like jumping up in the air and pile driving your fist into someone's face is awesome that's the most satisfying thing ever but it just took so long to, it took it was so difficult to set up um and then also i was finding myself sitting in situations where i would boost and then lose track of where i was because the camera's a little jarring in that situation and mm-hmm. i'm not entirely sure if it was something that i wasn't entirely used to or if it was something that it just wasn't as intuitive as i i had liked it to be uh, i also found myself in situations where uh i would die and then after a fact figure out that oh yeah you know what i could have did that and then sort of moved around here and and, and you know used the booster ability in, in this way instead of the way that i used it um, I mean, isn't that the fun of it? Isn't yeah. that like what you're supposed to do? It's like, sure. oh, I died. What could I have done? And then hopefully next time when you're in that same situation, you're like, ha, I know what I'm I'm going to do this time. Sure, but I think those situations were so far and few and far between that I never really got into the mindset of using them, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So like the, the fact that they're there is cool, but I would like, I like them to have a little bit more versatility. Um there was times where you would, like, I'd have a shotgun, and to close the gap, I'd boost forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you know the person has the opportunity to boost back, which is a cool sort of mechanic and things like that. But the boost forward isn't as far as the boost back, if I remember correctly. So you're getting, so I mean, as soon as that that sort of happens, there's no 
I mean, I'd like them to sort of be even or anything like that to sort of balance it out a little bit more, just to make it so that my my boost forward isn't making is and forcing the person back isn't making making it more detrimental to me in that in that regard. But um, doesn't that mean you also have the really unique opportunity to pull a back boost three sixty? <laughs> back boost three sixty no scope. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you keep on seeing this is a negative. You gotta look at it like a positive. This sure. is a flash, man. Uh, yeah, and but uh, but yeah, I mean, going going back on the, the big thing, I think I think Halo does have the the sort of market pinned down here as sort of the future of console shooters. Mm. Um, I think that's definitely going to overtake Call of Duty, at least in an esports sense of things. Um, with MLG moving over as well, I I know a lot of teams have dropped their Call of Duty teams and picked up Halo teams now. Um, really is that is that the case i didn't see that news major mlg's picking up halo again yeah yeah so what's gonna happen between esl and mlg as far as halo goes are they just gonna be simultaneous i think they're simultaneous from what what i'm thinking um i'm not entirely sure how long esl's contract for is as well i know mlg picked them up in uh in sort of expectation of halo 5 rather than for halo 4 um, so I know their main focus is to push Halo Five hard. Yeah. Uh, wow. See now that's the that I was gonna say this whole time that ever ever since the days of MLG Halo Two, I don't think that we'll ever reach that level of prestige with Halo again. But no, if man. that's going back to MLG Anaheim on the big stage, right? If if we pick up or if MLG picks up Halo Five and they do it right, like they did before. I maybe maybe oh, they did you Halo right. Two so right. They did Halo Two so right. It's a, literally <laughs> Halo Two is the best thing that they ever did. As they did yeah. StarCraft fairly well, but Halo Two is their their crowning jewel. It, it got them where they are today. Sure, I think and, I think they did Halo Two the best, and then really close second is Halo Two or StarCraft Two beta and like the first couple of months of StarCraft Two. I mean, pretty much all of Wings of Liberty was pretty solid. Uh, MLG Anaheim's were off. always amazing. Yeah, MLG Anaheim's were always fun. That's always the best event, in my opinion. But, I, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, revisit old wounds, but it was the stupidest decision that they possibly could have made to drop Halo 2. And I know there was a lull, but let's look at, for instance, Smash. L- Smash lulled for a long time, and now it's back in the, in the skylight, or a limelight. Someone so, make a Halo documentary. They should. They really Actually, should. yeah, there's, there's a lot of history there. There's a there lot is. to cover. I was half joking, but seriously, I would watch that. And I guarantee you, there's a lot of footage. I know oh, even yeah. uh, the local, the local teams. Uh, Howie's Game Shack is like a local PC cafe chain here, and they had a Halo team back in the day. They hired a photographer, a cinematographer, to go around, follow their team, and take footage. It didn't end up making it into anything, but I'm sure that footage is lying around somewhere and could show the heyday of Halo Two. But I mean, go, coming back into present. Man, if if MLG does Halo Five right, I will be a very happy person because the whole AHGL thing and or not AHGL uh, was it AGL? What? That did Halo Four and Reach. What was the name of the AGL? Oh, I think you're AHGL or the After Hours Gaming League. No, oh, no, no, not a- no, no, no. That's what I'm thinking That's, of when you guys are talking yeah, about. It. <laughs> no, Chris, you're right. I I used the wrong acronym, but I it is something like AGL. Yeah, Arena Gaming League, AGL. They they botched it so hard. And, I mean, a lot of it was a transition between um, Bungie and 343, right? But 
I don't know. Well, when- I, I, it's hard for me to envision Halo ever reaching its um, level of amazingness. Sure, but it doesn't need it to does. do that anymore. It, <clears throat> I think honestly, right now the F, the the shooting market is so open uh, in terms of at least in the U.S. and at least for consoles. Like Call of Duty's fallen kind of off a cliff. Uh, last couple of years hasn't been nearly as strong. Like this is the if if you're a console shooter, like this is the time to seize the market for yourself. You don't even yeah. have to come out that hard. Like, yeah. You know what's funny is I'm I am not a Call of Duty person at all. I substantially hate Call of Duty actually, which I, I can be the rebel there, but that's fine with me. I mean, I uh, I played a ton of Call of Duty. I don't I don't see it as overly competitive in terms of an esport. Um, I mean, I know there is some depth to it as well, but I mean, I I think sure. I've just seen so many shooters that can do it better. I don't take anything away from the competitiveness or sports level of it. I just I really don't like the title, any of the titles or versions. But my my aunt, uh, she's just finding out that I do esports, and she was watching X Games this past weekend. Oh God! She oh. goes, she goes, oh, the X Games, their gaming uh, tent or their gaming lounge seemed to be really good. You should tell your son, my mom. You should tell your son to get get in with X Games. Maybe he can do the next X Games gaming lounge. And I'm like. Yeah, except for they do all Call of Duty. Yeah. So hey, maybe if X Games picks up because X Games is partnered with MLG, right? That's that's how they do it. Am yeah. I, is that still mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. So hey, maybe if they do, uh, <laughs> I'll go. And I mean, here's here's I I introduced this concept a while back, uh, but the title of brand safety, as far as we look at the longevity of what could be and what could not be in esport, or what could get sponsors and what could you know have problems yeah. getting sponsors. Call of Duty has a lot of problem getting uh, non-endemic sponsors. So yeah. anyone that makes gear around, you know, Xbox or console playing, sure, they're going to be all over Call of Duty. But it's harder for other people to get into it, especially when you look at, like, insurance companies. The last thing an insurance company wants to do is, hey, blowing things up and actual bullets, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's work with that. Whereas, you know, futuristic space things. Right. It, yeah, it's, it's possible. way easier. And I mean, there there are a couple of others. Um, so it's I'm very interested to see, you know, who would step up around a, a Halo Five. But I will also say there's a difference in who's putting out Halo Five versus a difference in who's putting out Call of Duty. Call of Duty, you know, it's going to be actively pushed by the game devs, but. Microsoft itself, the the juggernaut, the yeah. one that every company in the world uh, understands and respects, especially when we're talking about gaming and you know teen passions around technology. If they're saying, "Hey, we've got a game that we'd like you to get behind this new esports movement," I'm going to give the nod to Microsoft over Treyarch coming to me and saying, "Hey, we want to push the next Call of Duty." I can I can get behind, you know, Microsoft. Microsoft is just it's that infallible. You do something with Microsoft, it's done right and everybody's going to walk out hunky dory. Sure. And it, and even yeah. the even as much as Call of Duty sort of taken the pop culture sort of mantle at this point, Halo is still such an iconic name when you say that in the gaming Always. space, like it's so iconic. Even the intro music. Yeah. Who, who does not know the Halo intro music, sure. right? I think, uh, you know, speaking to your point about Microsoft and the Xbox, would you guys agree that, that Xbox, the original, banked its success on the Halo title? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. I mean, my me and my friends, we all bought Xboxes to play Halo. Halo, and we would take them over each other's house and get uh, crossover cables in order to link them together. Right. Sure. The I think and I think I read an article a while ago that ranked the the highest. Uh, the, I think the the highest console selling games of like this generation or like of the last 20 30 years um and like it was it was like mario halo Sonic. halo with the original xbox it was mario with the nes um i think the only other game that you can kind of come up with in the same sort of era is smash bros melee with the with the gamecube like that sold <laughs> that sold like yeah. is, that, is there any other reason to own a gamecube at this point like double dash maybe i don't know like there's there's really nothing else you can think about the Xbox same thing like there's great games for the Xbox but everyone always plays it for Halo. Um, I still have my working Xbox just so you can play LAN with with Halo. Uh, That's awesome. Of course now you can do that wow. with with Master Chief Collection, but still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's touch on Master Chief Collection a little bit. Why did that not blow up more than the it have? the online capability? <laughs> That was that that was uh I did a huge vlog on that. If you go to my YouTube channel, there's a huge vlog on that. But I uh, did you? yeah. Pretty much everything everything worked uh properly in terms of all the individual campaigns, uh the menu system was great, but the it had dedicated servers that didn't work. Um. so uh for the first two months you could not find a match online. I mean, we're talking, we're talking Microsoft here, right? We're talking, yeah, but it was Xbox three, it was servers. three four three messed up the coding. The coding oh. got messed up with their uh, servers, Ooh. so they had to recode all the servers. So, well, I mean, hey, let, let's put it in context here. That's extremely this difficult. Was, <laughs> yeah, this was not, you know, the money maker as far as you know where I put precedent, where I put, where I put my man hours, like throwing myself in their shoes. So let's say, you know, the servers aren't that great this time. Take it as a learn, uh, you know, failed mm -hmm. a little bit, learn for next time, make sure the servers are A, like pristine working condition when this game comes out. Yeah. But B, I mean, if I'm sitting there, I'm the CFO and I'm going, oh, well, gee, which one am I going to focus our man hours and focus, you know, our QA testing on? Halo 5? possibly one of our biggest sellers in many moons or master chief collection which is a rehashing and essentially sure, collector's but, edition but i will i will yeah. say i will say that uh, a lot of experts and and myself personally i think that if they botch the halo 5 launch as like they cannot mess this up again no um yeah, if they if they if, so. if 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 halo 5 comes out and night of i cannot jump into a multiplayer match that will kill them. Mm -hmm. um, then it's done. Because they've yeah. lost at that point, what, another two years before the next Halo yeah. title comes out. They've and essentially the, lost and plus the amount of And plus the amount of trust that they've lost already with, with hardcore Halo fans for this collection. Yeah. Um, the amount of trust they've lost now, and then if they do it again for two releases in a row, that's not going to bode well at all. And plus that's 343's first outings. Those are, those yeah. are you know, two of its first outings with this title can't do that i mean essentially there are the so putting us back in the frame of e3 there are two titles right now that are essentially make or break on two absolute behemoth franchises mm -hmm. if battlefront and halo 5 don't deliver they run the risk of killing both of the franchises 
I would agree with that. Like that, there is so much pressure on both of those developers. Like both, I, I believe it's Dice on mm-hmm. uh, on Battlefront, yeah. and then also with three four three with Halo. Both of them have to, you know, go above and beyond as far as their reception scores to even, you know, keep these franchises alive because neither of them have momentum right now. They're essentially existing on uh, on hype, but they don't have, you know, we just made a great game. We're moving it, you know, into the next edition. If, if they hit a wall here, I don't know if there is a revive in the world strong enough yeah. to keep them going. They're they're rebirthing nostalgic series, both of them. Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah, I fully agree with you. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. I have I have so many hopes for Battlefront, but I'm. I'm unfortunately not thinking it's going to go as we want it to. Hey, whatever. I'm going to pre-order it and play the Battle of Jakku two weeks ahead of the yeah. The launch. Oh my! <laughs> I already did it. I'm I'm excited, man. Battlefront's you, gonna be great. You pre-ordered on yeah, what? Yes. On uh, Xbox One. All right, you got it. Really? I, got it. I didn't know you could. Or- I thought it was PS only pre-order. Is it really? Man, or, well, I, I, I think I think Jakku is the. Uh, I think Jakku is the PlayStation exclusive, isn't it? You get that early, right? No, it's not place it, man. Don't tell me this. I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> get DLC early access. Pre-order on PS4. Pre-order on Xbox One. Xbox One pre-orders coming soon. There you go. But no PC pre-orders coming soon. Go on Steam, buddy. Get pre-order Origin. Is that the PC version? Yes. I'm probably getting off. Yeah, because you, go, okay. you gotta you gotta go on you gotta go on EA Origin, but uh. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's tons of shooters going coming out for E3, but uh, yeah. one fighter that kind of caught my eye, Street Fighter Five. What do you think of Street Fighter Five? Hey, hey, hey! Does the PS4 exclusivity hurt the esports market? Hmm. I you say know, no. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I, I, you know, when it when it comes to fighters, especially like the Street Fighter crowd, I don't think there's an exclusive exclusivity strong enough unless you know said this is only going to be played on like the sega jaguar <laughs> that, could, uh, that could kill it yeah so uh i mean seriously i've seen these guys come out with like these insane mod boxes for their controls oh, yeah. like they will jerry-rig whatever possible oh, yeah. to make sure that they can play street fighter exactly the way they want to yeah um well, are we are we excited for Street Fighter Five? I know I'm I'm I know I'm a huge Street Fighter guy, but I mean, you guys are you guys big Street Fighter Street Fighter guys? I love Street Fighter and I watch it. <laughs> I suck at it, so I don't play a substantial amount. But uh, I mean, I I think it'll be awesome. Is there a, what's the <sighs> scope for change of gameplay in this one? So they haven't released too much, which is why we're kind of waiting on on E3. Oh. But the thing that I will say is uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 was probably one of the most impressive updates to a title that I've seen a developer do in terms of, for a competitive landscape, I've seen possibly ever. Um, I've never seen a company... Do you guys know about Street Fighter Ultimate before I go off on this? Or Ultra Street Fighter 4? So, yeah, you're working with a blank slate on me. Okay. So <laughs> so basically what it is, is, is Ultra Street Fighter 4, they took... Uh, they went into the the devs went into the forums, all the 
professional Street Fighter and fighting game forums, uh, talked to the community, figured out everything else, and did a big mega release called Ultra Street Fighter 4, where they did every balance changes to make it as competitively balanced as possible. Love it. Yeah, I love I mean, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was that's always great to hear. That was the most impressive thing. They uh, they announced it at Evo um, in like 2014, or like they they announced that it was gonna they're gonna talk to people at Evo in 2014, and then they took a year. They released it in December or September or December December. They released it in December, so it took them a full year to go ahead and talk to everyone, do balance tests, invite pros over. Um, and then that game came out fully competitively balanced, and now it's going to be at Evo 2015, the new, the newest version of Street Fighter 4. Um, hmm. That that's completely 100% community built in terms of balance. Well, so I mean, like that to me, to... to me that's extremely impressive for a developer, um, and and I'm excited to see now that they have that information, you know, probably all those notes that they've taken from the pros and from everyone else talking about it. Taking that into Street Fighter Five, I'm so excited to see what they come up with. Yeah. So is is Street Fighter? Would you say? I mean, you're deeper in the fighting game community than I. Would you say that they are uh, in, ingrained in the market such that no matter if they come out with any title, people are going to buy it? Or is there a development criteria that people are looking for to buy the next one? Like what? Why is Street Fighter not staying at the melee level? Why is none of the previous Street Fighters just the best one? Uh, I think it's just iterations. I think everyone just kind of takes iterations. And the thing is with Street Fighters, they never really drop mechanics. They just sort of add on mechanics uh, to what they're doing. So like while melee, you lost something, you lost a little bit of movement capability and everything like that, uh, sort of offensive capabilities and play styles from melee to brawl um, you didn't you didn't lose a little you kind you of lo you lost the whole thing so you, so going from melee to brawl you have you can't play offensively and you lose like a shit ton of of uh like movement capability right yeah so then going now from when you talk about street fighter street fighter 2 and street fighter 4 are essentially the same game just with things added onto it that make it better or easier to play essentially speaking um, so, and so what people actually want from Super Smash Brothers? Yes. So yeah. So if you took if you t if, she, if if Smash Brothers took melee and just added on characters and mechanics that people liked and didn't take anything away, that's kind of what the what the Street Fighter franchise does. Um, and so yeah, it's it's sort of now what what MK9 and 10 are doing for the for Mortal Kombat, where they're not taking away things too much; they're just going ahead and adding things on. Uh, I think that's what they're doing now with the Street Fighter systems. Well, I okay. mean, I, I can dig it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening now. I hope that they put out another um, Street Fighter uh, Assassin's Fist. Did you guys watch that at all? Oh, the, the little short film? The No, it was or the, the full series. It was YouTube's full series. Was it was it the sort of parody one where the... Where... No, it's live action. It's like Yeah, I know, but it's, is it the... There's a par is, it, is it where... Uh, Ryu opens up a a school, like a like a Shoryuken school. No, what's that? What am I talking how, about? There's a I college humor one, I think. It's a Street there, Fighter series. Okay, 
No, Assassin's Fist is the one that was a full YouTube series that was like real serious drama that was showing how uh, <laughs> Ryu and Ken drama. real serious drama. Oh, okay, I've seen this. No, okay, how I, Ryu I and have... Ken learn and become, and how Akuma becomes Akuma, and it's sick, dude. Yes, I've seen. I this. actually really loved it, and I hope that they put out another one of those, and they maybe they'll announce it at E3. <laughs> Okay, so I, I've, really I, I have seen this, and it's awesome. Yes, I do agree with you. What I was referring to was there's a college humor series that they ran called Street Fighter of the After Years, which is what happens after they're all older, and they're, like, in their 60s and 70s. What are they doing now? And oh, that's, no. Okay, oh, so, so that's, the, that's, see this. that's what I was referencing. That's completely different. Don't look that up. That's hilarious, but it's completely different. Um... <laughs> But what Cable's talking about is Assassin's Fist, and that's awesome. I've seen that too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited for Street Fighter, F Street Fighter Five. Uh, I'm sad that it's only coming to PS4, especially now that you know uh, Evo announced that they're moving everything over to Xbox because of the problems with the PS4, um, for connectivity reasons. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm 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 hoping that they fix them by the time Street Fighter Five comes out, and then we can have that at Evo. Um, I'm I'm sure we probably will. Uh, but so so the other thing that I want to go ahead and talk about it's sort of a wild card at this point. Um, and okay, so I have to I have to preface this first. I don't see speedrunning as something esports, but I think it sort of fits the same niche uh, space and sort yeah. of it is it is something that esports people are very interested in. Absolutely, um, and speedrunning and and I think that you know we all I think every esports person probably or fan of esports probably watches some kind of speedrunning stream or has has seen speedrunning before whether it's you know adgq or something like that um and i think mario maker has a huge potential to go ahead and, and occupy a big place in the in the speedrunning space or at least be an interesting sort of interesting sort of dynamic thrown in there um yeah i i i would be interested to see what people would do uh as far as you know set up run I mean, they could put some devilish stuff out there. Oh yeah, like, like I one mean, win the, condition. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the things that you know you see people do with custom levels with Mario right now, even just coding it on their own. Mm -hmm. It's like some of the stuff. It's just <laughs> like who sat there and did the like one million iterations to get through this map correctly, like. It's just some of it is just wicked, wicked hard. Yeah, but I mean, now that you're giving those Mar those tools over to, you know, what is, I mean, if you played Little Big Planet, like there's so much stuff in Little Big Planet, uh, that's just super impressive. And so now you take that idea and you give it to Mario. There's so many people that are gonna be interested. There's so many fans. There's so many creative people out there. Uh, I'm I'm super excited to see what we come up with, and I mean, I'm I'm hoping it takes a big up a, a big space that maybe AGDQ or something like that be really exciting to see yeah no I, I definitely think it's you know it's got its space it's got the attention uh the the one thing it's going to have to avoid is the uh the phallic master creators <laughs> that are bound to arrive in any create your own content scenario uh the internet that's what the internet's made for though the the amount of phallic <laughs> images on the internet is uh <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question: Is Nintendo, because we all know what they did with Smash Four, but is are they orienting this at all towards speedrunning? Are they? Is that even no, in their scope no. of view? No, but I think 
everyone Nintendo games just somehow become speedrunning like staples. Sure. It's by yeah. default, and I understand, but in the same way that we're talking all these esports companies or all these developers orient their games toward esports sure. from the development now. Sure. Is there any effort towards that in Mario type of games? Uh, I think they they I don't think they put I don't think they did it with the, the intent in mind for Smash, but I think they're pushing it now. Uh, but I mean we're starting to see it now. I mean they brought back the Nintendo World Championships. I mean they're doing that again. Uh, do we not... do we even have a description of what that is right now? Well, I know it's they're running games off of NEX Remix. Oh, yeah. So they're running titles off NEX Remix, and I think they're doing high score and speed um, well. variations. So I know they're running it at I think eight best buys across the country, and then flying everyone out here for LA for a final. Um, and we'll see. I mean, I'm interested in it. They haven't done it since the '90s, so. Yeah, I just. I feel that it's it's still such a weird yeah it is play. Like it I is. mean, considering that E three is all about the future of what your company is going to do, and you're like, you know what? Let's go play all the old games you remember. But they're remixed, yeah. and if anyone's gonna hit you with a nostalgia bomb and make it count, it's Nintendo. That's very true. Yeah, but is but, that gonna get you to buy anything from them? Is the yeah. question. I mean, E three they're spending all kinds of money in order to get people to buy stuff, right? That's but, the whole but point think, of doing think it. But think about the rumors of what they could announce at E3, right? Like, the... So, Splatoon is great. Like, I love Splatoon. I think that could occupy an esports space if someone gives it a shot. Uh, but that's a whole different thing. But they have new... They have, you know, Splatoon's a new franchise. They're starting all these kind of new ideas, uh, codenames Project Steam, uh, stuff like that. But... What's what's the big hype on E3? Like they're gonna probably announce Star Fox. They could announce Metroid. You know, if if the games that more details on Fire Emblem. Yeah, Fire Emblem. Actually, it, did you did you Fire watch, Emblem? If did you watch their Japanese production of introducing the new yes. concepts to Fire Emblem? Yes. Some I'll, of it got weird. Yeah, Some I of did. It got really weird. Hey, I'm Japanese, so none of that's weird to me. Um, it's I'm not using my stylus to draw on people's lips. It's I'm com sorry. it's completely normal to me within Japanese culture. Trust me. If you played a dating sim, my God, man. <laughs> Luckily, haven't gone there yet. So let's hope I avoid that stage. Esports dating sim. How many girls can you get? Um, <laughs> but you know what? You know what game Nintendo does have that does have a uh, an esports subculture starting to pop up for it. Puzzles and Dragons. Yes. Like, did you not? No, my really? girlfriend loves that game. My girlfriend is is my girlfriend is sort of obsessive about that game, so I know a lot about Puzzle Dragons. More so, so than they, I probably should. So they have a combo game coming yeah. out for Puzzles and Dragons. It's already so out. Puzzles and Dragons E mixed with uh, Mario Puzzles and Dragons. Yes, it's already out. And, and the funny thing is, is that the Super Mario version of that game is better than Puzzle yeah. Dragons Z. And they are also talking Pokemon crossover, Puzzles and Dragons. I'm oh not, God! I think that's going to be a uh, a DLC that you can add to your Pokemon. Oh God! So, but there there has been a. Well, I know they've given a shot with uh, Pokemon Shuffle. They have Pokemon oh, Shuffle. Oh, Pokemon Shuffle. Everybody. Yeah, with that. I mean, they. I know they've given that a shot. Um, that, that's Yo like dog, a... bring back Doctor Mario. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but but. Uh, Kind of rolling, rolling back here though the 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 
Think think about what what they can what Nintendo all the tools that Nintendo has like in its histories that they can pull back in. Then mm. if they hit you with some nostalgia, right? And then they're like, "Here's this new thing that brings back that nostalgia." You'll go ahead and pre-order that. Yeah, but I mean, when, once again, we're not focusing on the pre-order here. We're focusing on what is their esports potential. Sure. And is, what is their esports mm-hmm. appetite? Sure. And if they bring I mean, dog fighting into Star Fox, I'll buy that and play that. I'll play professional Star Fox. That would be really interesting. Could you imagine Team Star Fox? Yes, that'd be awesome. Like that would be World of Tanks on steroids, almost. Oh yeah, it'd be it, great. It, it, there would be some real interesting stuff there. You mean, you mean uh, World of World of Airplanes, World of yeah. Air Fighters? Isn't World of Airplanes a thing? I'm gonna go back to my Star Wars loving roots. X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Bring it back, make it better, and make it an eSport. Did, Nothing did, has was, compared in okay. a flight sim. I, I personally, I've, I played a ton of Ace Combat. Is Ace Combat Was Ace Combat ever a big eSport? No, right? No. That was never anything competitive, right? I think I played that game a little, quite a bit too, actually. Personally, personally speaking, I don't know if watching it may be interesting, but certainly playing Air Combat games are tons of fun. Oh yeah. Um, whether you know whether it's X Wing versus Street or versus Tie Fighter, Star Fox, like you know mm-hmm. Ace Combat, all that stuff. All Air Combat's just fun, and I'd be interested to see someone explore that. But uh, kind of getting a little bit off topic. But I mean, what the the final thing that I really wanted to bring up to you guys was sort of the idea of four v ones. So we saw it this year with Evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fable Legends is bringing it up as well. Personally speaking, I love Evolve, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. curious to see if that occupies an esports space. Um, I know it has a small pocket now uh, that I've sort of explored and, and talked to some people in there. But uh, you know, how does that function? I, I'm not familiar with that. But how do you have a four v one in the esports space? Do you have a team? You have do a team. You, do, of, you like, have a team back of, and forth. You have a team of five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so one person's a designated like monster. Yeah. You specialist. have one. You have one monster specialist, and then they race. Who? Can, who? It's side by side. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it, that's a little harder. Uh, you know, when I look at things that sure. esports-wise have succeeded, they usually succeed in the fact that they're explainable sure. and yeah. some sort of yeah. easy frame of reference. Like, you know, it has a score saying who can bag the most prey or who can bag who can prey bag the quick. beast first. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little harder. It's not something that you know. There's sure. a, a set score or standard. Well, that I know. Usually... I know. It's. I know. They either go. They either go side by side race or they go best of three or first to three, um, and they go match system that way. But uh, yeah, as far as I know, some teams have a designated or most teams have a designated monster player, but most some of them do have one that that does both. Um, but like that, to me, evolve had so much depth to its strategy. Uh, once you started getting in the different hunters and you. I think what killed Evolve was the horrible progression system. Uh, just personally, I think that's the same problem that Here's the Storm is running into. But that's a different that's a different thing. Progression's a big deal, guys. <laughs> it yeah. really is. Oh man, I you know we had that whole episode on CS:GO and um, why it got so big, and yeah. I know progression within, but uh, microtransactions too, right? Like that. I was talking to somebody today. He's in the industry, and he's like. CSGO blew up because of microtransactions. That's exactly why. So, the want to buy a gun for element, ten bucks? Yeah, you know that's a that's a 
acquisitions, but it's also slightly a progression, right? You get, you slowly progress your your look, your character, you develop, you change over time. And if you if you start losing that, then you're you're losing your interest. Sure, but yeah, it's it's uh it's kind of funny where when you think about how Dota and and League sort of came out, uh, guns blazing with their progression system. That's not it's not easy to get to max level in Dota or League to get to ranked. That's a long <laughs> grind, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the grind up in ranked is yeah. even a progression in itself. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and collecting heroes, uh I mean in League you have to collect champs, but I mean for Dota you collect you you unlock you have unlocked heroes. I mean, but it's it's the progression systems in both of those games are extremely long. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know, it's it's funny. If I was to start League now, like I started season one, so sure. it was a little less daunting when I looked at, oh, shoot, there are a whole lot of champions to learn. If I started now, I would be simply overwhelmed in trying to, you know, collect all the champ to collect all the champions. Like, I don't know if it's possible for someone who starts the game off now to collect all champions without paying for some along the way. Like, it would take. <laughs> A ridiculous amount of playtime yeah. to yeah. even approach that. Some somebody made a thread on that on Reddit, uh, b- tallying up the total amount of time it would take and or the total amount of money that it would take to purchase uh, all the characters and runes to to match, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know if I can find it. But but yeah, I mean it's it's funny. I was talking to a friend that just started playing League probably a month ago or a couple months ago, uh, and he had just hit thirty. And he wanted to play a ranked game. He didn't have enough champions, and so I told him how many he needs to he needs to get. He got them, uh, and then he asked me how many champions do you have, and I was like, "Oh, I have I have them all." He's like, "Wow, did you pay for any of them?" It's like, I think one or two, but most of them I've just kind of earned <laughs> along yeah. the way. And he's like, yeah. "Wow, how long have you been playing?" I was like, "Years." <laughs> Years. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> a long time. I, I'll say when I started, I had a brief stretch where. You know, I was getting stomped by someone, and then I'm like, "Oh, I have that. That guy's just broken. I have to buy that." <laughs> uh, As he launched Zinzao? Is he Zinzao? No. What was, Zin no, uh, was Olaf? <laughs> like, I just went into this oh, yeah. one game where there was this guy playing Olaf, and he went like forty and two. Because I mean, come on, we were all starting the game. Those yeah. games just just, just happen. Running at people, goes, yeah, yeah, goes out of control. So I was like, "Oh man, Olaf, this is just so broken." And then, of course, I watched Hotshot stream on Nidalee, and I'm like, oh, crap, I, I, I need to buy Nidalee, like, right now. I can just play this champion forever. And not to mention the fact that I think the, the worst decision I ever made was the first champion, first 6300 I ever bought with my IP, I bought Aurelia, which, Ooh. good champion, but not for noobs. No, she's mm-hmm. difficult to play. Yeah. Uh, so... I'm trying to think of, like, uh, when I first started... Well, I will say Launch Zin Zhao was super broken. Uh, mm. And then Launch Ezreal, too, was super broken with the W heal. Okay, that we're we're going down the annals of League history here. <laughs> yeah, no. We, th- this can go on forever about, yeah. you know, who was the most broken. I think Zin Zhao takes champion. the cake. I think, I think at launch, Zin Zhao was the most broken champion. Um, I, I don't know, man. I I still remember, like, a stretch in time where there was not a game without Jax. Oh, when yeah. he got health from AD and health from AP. Yeah, and you would just see the like every game was play with Jax. 
the the one that I didn't experience, and I think I'm lucky that I didn't have to experience the full brunt of how broken this was, was uh, Kale with her first pass. Oh, God. AD builds AP, AP builds AD. Yes. I was low enough that, you know, people didn't, you know, know how to oh. abuse that. But I can imagine, like... That was so broken. That had to hurt. Yeah. She was... But, Oh. Okay. Okay. We we've gone off topic yet yeah, again. Yeah. Yet but, again. So, but let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's jump, jump back, back to E3, folks. Sure. So so uh, a lot of things that I'm hearing too is that they're gonna talk about, um, you know, Fable Legends. Of course, is the one four v one game. Uh, I've heard a lot of talk about maybe another Evolve or like some more expansions for Evolve that they're gonna go ahead and talk about as well. Um, do we see this being a thing? I mean, have you guys heard a lot about Evolve? Have you played a lot of Evolve? Um, no, I I, I played it at shows. It. Sure. Um, so I play I played it a ton. I put about I have. Let me look at my clocks. I have. I have a hundred and six hours in Evolve. Okay. Um, and so I played a ton of Evolve, and and once you sure the game is boring at the first part because you have one hero, you have four, you have four, you have four guys to pick from and two monsters but as soon as you start unlocking everything and you see the depth of how each one of these sort of roles fit in with each other and the different types of of people you have and, and their abilities and what they can do um that game has so much depth to it uh, and I'm, I'm just i'm very sad that a game like that isn't getting the love that it deserves or at least in my opinion because of its horrible conversion system um, which is what we got to that point in the beginning, but uh, yeah, I mean, when, once you get past that progression system, I think that game is absolutely built for competitive play. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, P.S. I found the the Reddit thread. Uh, as of right now, let's see. This is right before Echo was released. Okay. As of right now, you need nine hundred ninety-six thousand eight hundred fifty-five IP to o- unlock everything on your account without oh. spending money. At the next champion release, this number will exceed one million. According to Riot, the average game length of Summoner's Rift is 30 to 45 minutes. Average IP you earn is 60 to 90. In other words, you have to play approximately 8,418 8, hours of League of Legends to unlock everything with IP. So 18,400. And that's just Eight, champions. 8,400 hours. Or okay. That's not uh, runes. 8,400. Let's, let's, uh, let's divide that by 40. How many work weeks you yes. need to put in? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <And> then div- <laughs> <laughs> And what what's minimum what, what what's minimum wage? It's like 10, uh, 10 bucks, like right? 10 bucks, so yeah. Hold on, let's see. Work hours, right? So let's see. That's 140 and 40 hours. Yeah. So that's 210 work weeks. It's 4 years work weeks approximately. <laughs> that is ridiculous, my friends. That's a lot of League of Legends. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, so guys, uh, I guess kind of closing thoughts on E3 and sort of where do we see any of these games it's sort of stepping in and being esports juggernauts? Let's go five years. Let's or let's go within the next two to three years. Do we see them being esports juggernauts? Done right, Halo Five. Yeah, I, I'm. I hope so. And the other one would be Overwatch. Yeah, I but. It, we we have to hold on Overwatch. Uh, I mean, all signs point to it not being a 
us even getting you know hands on it this year. Sure. So well, I think really? it's in, it's, in, it's in beta hands. now. It's in beta now. Overwatch? No, is it in beta? No, it's, it's an alpha. alpha. It's an alpha. alpha. But I mean, I've, alpha. I'm seeing I'm seeing clips on it on YouTube and stuff. Um, yeah, clips yeah. that they put out though. No, I've seen clips of people playing stuff. Oh really? Yeah. If you go if you go on that if you go on uh on the Overwatch subreddit, there's actually some stuff going on on there. I'm surprised uh, Blizzard hasn't shut that down real fast. Uh, I saw clips. I see clips go up and get taken down all the time. But I mean, it it's on there. Uh, I've seen some games. Feels like someone's breaking an NDA at that. Yeah, point. yeah. So it like, won't be like, invited to the next alpha. Yeah, right now, if you go, if you go on the Overwatch subreddit, the third one over, the third one is Overwatch counters Pharaoh, uh, amateur video, <clears throat> and like, you know, there's stuff like that. Uh, there's Hanzo gameplay analysis, you know, stuff like that, all over here. Uh, all right, all right. So let let's end on a fun question here, folks. Sure. So, we got. which press conference are you looking forward to, and why? Ooh. I will have to say Bethesda. Because I love some Fallout. And uh, I'm really hoping for some Doom. Because I want Doom to come back. Uh, do, you, maybe... do you want a big sorry for paid Skyrim mods? I want, I want horse <laughs> armor. Uh, I want some horse armor. And then, uh, and I'm, I want to see, I want to see Dishonored too because I love Dishonored. I thought that game was super impressive, and I want to see another one. All right, Cable, on you. Um, man, I just had one, and now I lost it. Well, to tell you, to tell you the truth, I've fallen asleep at the last uh, three Microsoft press conferences <laughs> during the Connect segments. Oh, oh, uh, I think. I'm right. I think I'm right, but the Motiga one for uh, Gig- Gigantic, right? What? For they're, they're having a press conference, right? Uh, let me see. E3. I know. I know. There's a Square Enix one. I know. There is. God, that Square Enix conference. Yeah, there's a Square Enix one. There is a. Uh, well, there's a Square Enix one. There's a Microsoft one. E3 or uh, EA. Uh, let me look it up. Please stand. You know, up. I feel like a Square Enix presentation should have no audio. Should <laughs> just be sitting there staring at graphics the entire time. Wow. <laughs> All right, here. Uh, so <clears throat> there's the Oculus one that happens on the 11th. So that happens on Friday. Uh, there's a Smash Brothers Direct. There's the Nintendo World Championships. There is a Bethesda one. There's Microsoft, of course, EA, of course, Ubisoft, Sony, uh, the Nintendo Direct, Square Enix, and the PC Gaming Show. Oh, I was mistaken. So that uh, is that is what we have currently. I guess I would say it's a for me it's a tie between Microsoft and EA. Okay, so why Microsoft and why EA? Mm-hmm. Uh, Halo Five and Battlefront. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> One track mine. <laughs> we're going to ask Cable. It's like, so what do you think of E3? It's like, well, Battlefront looks good and Halo looks good. <laughs> did, did anything else get talked about? I, I don't know. My head was in sand the entire time. I just, I was out when my Star Wars senses were happening. See, no, see, I'm, I'm going to fall asleep at the Microsoft press conference as per usual. And then Cable's going to run by me and just whack me across his head being like, they're talking about Halo 5. <laughs> I'll hit you with my lightsaber that I bring with me to E3. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds aggressive. Wow. 
You, you you know that you can't just tap someone with a lightsaber. It kind of goes like kind of goes through my head through everything. If it has to happen, <laughs> actually, I actually have my custom lightsaber here. Actually, it's on camera if you can see it. All right, so I'm going to actually go with uh, the conference that I thought was relatively entertaining for the the side company that they brought in last year. Uh, Nintendo last year when they did their direct brought in Robot Chicken. That was to do awesome. their transitions. The Reggie, full, was, the Reggie robot? Yeah, the Reggie robot. And I thought, you know, that was actually some interesting, playful uh, segments that they brought into the show. And I mean, does Nintendo need a little extra humor and entertainment thrown into their presentations? Heavens yes. <laughs> but they don't. you don't want it being taken directly to you? No. <laughs> no. Like, I mean, let, let's face it, there are a couple of their directs where they talk about, like, Yoshi's yarn story and Woolly World? That game's going to be great, okay? I mean, the, the game's going to be great, but the way that they present them, like, the last direct I remember where they were talking about it, they went to this guy's, like, Japanese home, and it was oh, like, yeah, super yeah. chill music in the background, and you yeah. hear the water trough banging in the background, I'm like... Please just have Seth Green come in and make fun of this for like oh, thirty yeah. seconds. Thirty. Se you can do all of your super tasteful Japanese cultural heritage video, but give me like thirty seconds of Robot Chicken <laughs> to make this funny. But it, so to get to my point, now that they've done Robot Chicken one year, do they bring in Robot Chicken to do another presentation again? Do they perhaps bring in another third-party candidate to come in and make some content? Could it be a, a dorkly, a college humor? Uh, could it be machinima? Just a lot of these groups that actually have great track records for making content with Nintendo IP, I think it's really cool if those people get integrated into these giant press conferences. I know you want it to be all about your product, but hey, let it be about your IP a little bit as well. Like, yeah. give fans something sure. beyond just, let's talk about gameplay. You want to see a trailer? I got a trailer. We rented the freaking NASA computer again to give you this trailer. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, Nintendo's always one that I'm super excited for. Uh, but <clears throat> I think Nintendo has the biggest potential to blow my mind this year. Out yeah. of all the press conferences, that has the... that comp, that that. Direct has the biggest potential to blow my mind. Um, now, when just... was the last time you said that about Nintendo, right? I've, it's True. been a while since Nintendo's really been the cutting edge, blowing your mind. Well, they blew my mind last year with the uh, open world Zelda. Yeah. That blew it, my uh, mind last year. Um, any more details we get on open world Zelda in the relative future? I know it's not E3. Yeah. But, you know, like the Gamescom. second. Yeah, the, the second they whisper Zelda. The entire world just goes haywire. Well, the it's entire like, the entire world leans up against against Miyamoto's door and tries to listen through a glass. Like, <laughs> I think that like they need like a Zelda signal where like this amazing conch shell just like reverberates around the world. And it's like, <laughs> Zelda. I love yeah, it. That's what that's what needs to happen. So what if what if what if Dylan? They made they made uh they made a Zelda a one on one Zelda Zelda fighting game that was at Evo. <laughs> I mean, I 
<laughs> well, I mean, come on. You you already have Zelda in a in Soul Calibur. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, well, I'm no, talking. Talk- I mean, Smash. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, they have him Smash, too. But Link so. And Zelda are both, both playable characters, not, you know, competitively played characters. Well, no, Sheik is. Yeah. Sheik said. Well, uh, and and, uh, and if, you're, if you're Armada, you play Young Link. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're Armada, you have an off pick uh, main Link, that, or Young Link that you use. But, uh. Yeah, I mean. I mean would people love a very competitive sword fighting game featuring everyone's favorite muted protagonist? Heavens, yes. Uh, will we ever get said game? Probably not. Especially not at a super competitive, you know, not fun for all ages in the family. Sure. Uh, I will. I will say though, going back sort of to something I touched on earlier, Splatoon is going to surprise people in terms of how popular the game is. When the when the sales numbers come out later this month for how well Splatoon did, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Nintendo pushing that really, really hard. Um, I'm just, I'm going to say there's a, there's a lot of caveat to Wii U titles sure. where a lot of mm-hmm. people bought into the Wii U and then they make purchases to try and validate their Wii U. Sure. Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> very true. Um, but I, I will say that at E3 last year, I was all about Smash, waiting on that Smash line, you know, going to see the Smash, the Smash Invitational, and then over in the corner was this game that, you know, was getting some buzz, not really, no one near it, because the Miyamoto game's over there, and, you know, yeah, all kinds of stuff going on, and then here's this game about squids and ink, and I went over there, and I played Splatoon, I fell in love with it, got it on day one, and, uh, I've had trouble putting it down recently, like, that game is so good. There's a lot of depth to it competitively as well. As stupid as that sounds, there's so much depth to uh, the way that paint painting the map in terms of paint, like using ink to paint the map is such a creative way to visually distinguish control and who's winning the game. Like it's, it's, it's sort of amazing. Like if, if because it's not Tony Hawk pro skater at all. No, but like, it's, it's the kind of thing of, yeah, but it's the kind of thing of like, if, if I'm if I'm in the enemy base or if I'm in an area and I haven't seen an enemy in a long time, then like I can pretty much assume that they're back in my base painting my whole base. Like and and uh, there's there's certain things of just like the way movement works where you can dive into your own ink and then jump out and sort of like so there's times of where yeah you can't get that you can't snipe that guy across the map. But there's a trail that goes right behind him, so you can go ahead and just ink through that, and then jump out right behind him and just splat him. Um, and again, if if that does come become competitive or does become sort of a major deal, that's a very easy easy sell for you know getting around the the guns issue that we were talking about earlier as well. It is, but you know you have to wonder about what it stretches. Sure. Um, it's it's very cartoony. Yeah. And yeah, so there, there so are a bunch, it, it almost has the opposite problem. Uh, from, yeah, you have the realism you know, the thing. Problem. Sure. Yeah. It is actually so cartoony. A lot of people would have to wonder: Does this scale too low for us to advertise towards? Yeah, I was thinking actually it'd be a good uh, discussion for a future episode, maybe after E3 or the one following E3, since that one's going to be recapping. But of what things qualify a game to be a good esport? Yeah. Not just prospectively, but even retrospectively. Look at all the things that have successfully become 
or that started to but died. Uh, and then we can use those as criteria for future. I, I think that's that, that's interesting thing because we brought up what like five titles today that like oh that'd be awesome if it was an esport, but will probably never be. And what why is that? Yeah. Sure. All right, guys. So I think we're pretty much done with the discussion here. Mm-hmm. We'll close it out right now, guys. Any any final comments? Any final words before we head off to our E three sort of destinations and and see what's going on. Hmm. Oh, uh, if you picked up the uh, the E3 drinking game from Reddit, don't do it. <laughs> you you cannot survive any of those E3 drinking games. They are <laughs> all designed to kill you and your liver. <laughs> A PSA from our our good friend Dylan Hornerbrook here. Cable. Uh, I don't know. I'm just. This is gonna be my first year actually attending E3. Uh, so I'm really excited to walk around and get to see all the things but more importantly just to like talk to people and um get to meet so many cool and talk to so many cool esports people i haven't seen in so long so that's that's the thing i'm really looking forward to from this is uh the i don't know the the scene of it all the community of it all versus just the titles themselves yeah absolutely guys um so yeah this is going to be my fifth or sixty three now um that i'm going to be at and covering and sort of taking a look at um Lucky. <laughs> yeah, so, so go ahead. Uh, if you guys are interested in going ahead and asking questions or meeting up, having lunch, go ahead, tweet at me at Kid Liquid. It's also in the, uh, it's in the YouTube video as well under all of our names. All of our Twitters are. Um, you can go ahead and follow me at again at Kid Liquid. You can follow Cable at Cable Cable S C E S, and then you can go ahead and follow Dylan at C C G underscore Pepitus. Uh, we can go I can't ahead. really Vanna White a lower third. I tried. <laughs> eh, we can go ahead and fix it in post. It's fine. I can make a text bigger. Uh, but yeah, guys, we can go ahead and get that done. So uh, we're going to end out this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you guys for watching, and have a great E3.